Well, boys, I was in the gym doing some squats, and I split my sweatpants. Mm. You ever do that, Reem? When you're doing your CrossFit? Oh, just to comically like split my pants right down the middle? I wouldn't say comically. I, I think people respect how hard I'm lifting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't so think you, there was anyone laughing. So your ass is so powerful that it split your pants. More or less, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool then, yeah. Yeah, so I need to sweat pants. I'm like, I'm going to Kmart. You know the Kmart on, on Hurdle Lab by Delaware, right? Oh, man, that place is still in business, yeah. And uh, and I, I went there um, because I, I need good deals on sweatpants. I'm not spending $50 on Under Armour, okay? So, uh, so I walk in there. And uh, it was the strangest thing. The, the the parking lot was full, which I haven't seen in years, okay? And it was, it was very dark. It was like strobe lights. And I was like, what's going on here? Is it, I, 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 I know there's a blue light special, but this is kind of ridiculous. Strobe light special. What's going on? So I follow, I, I follow the lights, right? All of a sudden, this guy with a chainsaw jumps out at me. I'm like, what's going on? You, you, I, you guys, you, both you know that Kmart closed like two years ago. No, yeah, I no. love Kmart. No, yeah, no that that particular Kmart closed like two years ago. Really? Yeah. So where? where I, I, I think it's a haunted house now. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Actually haunted. Yeah. No. That, yeah. Actually, they. Well, it, it's funny. I I uh, I went. I, I walked further because I really needed these sweatpants. They built it on an ancient Kmart burial ground. <laughs> oh, no. No wonder your pants are splitting. You're buying them from a haunted house. Well, that or I'm buying them from Kmart. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, no longer. <laughs> evidently, I go down a, a, into another room because I and, and I see Liz Trust there asking to be paid in cash that night. Liz, yeah, wow, it's hard yeah. times. Mm-hmm. I know, but Oof. she she wasn't she didn't have makeup. I guess it's it, so. You're saying it's like a for Halloween haunted house or no, no, no. Liz Trust lives there. <laughs> She haunts the house. Right, yeah. What was she asking to get paid for then? I, I, you know, I don't know what she did for you before she asked you to get paid oh, for it. So. No. That's, uh, oh, made, made you no. some like uh, key lime bars or something. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's what we'll go with. Yeah. Well, uh, evidently it's spooky season. Mm-hmm. And I just got all mixed up like the like the, uh, the Scooby-Doo gang. Yep. Right. So, uh, did you pull Liz Truss's mask off to see if it was actually <laughs> Boris Johnson behind it? <laughs> No, I didn't. I, I thought that would have been a little disrespectful. Right? Yeah. It's, it's mm. Surprise! It's John Major. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, Prime Minister jokes always uh, kill. Uh-huh. We love we love the British government here, folks. <laughs> yep. Ghost of Thatcher comes out at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That's our idea for our haunted house next year. Is that it's just a whole bunch of like prime ministers and dead, dead prime ministers, yeah. dead prime minister. Yeah, uh-huh. and we'll have uh, Barney and Wade Boggs arguing over who's the best. <laughs> Lord Palmerston. <laughs> well, All right. we're here. Hi. Mm-hmm. Square, the snake pit, the boys, yeah. the boys. We're here, man. Welcome back, listener, to the Square Podcast with Re, Diamond Jim, and a Spooky Snake, spooky. Sweatpants Snake, Sweatpants. Wait a second, snake. wait a second on that. Nope, one. nope. That's that's <laughs> what we're calling <laughs> no one. You had a good career. That's <laughs> that's it. That's it. Snake and sweatpants. <laughs> the, the light gray. <laughs> oh, that's de- it's definitely the season for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely the season for that. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, you're you're welcome, ladies and uh, and, and gentlemen. <laughs> you're you're welcome, people of all stripes. Uh, seeing sweatpants snake out in public, especially if he's splitting those pants too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the, the dream squat, in the mm-hmm. squat rack. Yeah, that's like the dream. You know, you mm-hmm. see yeah. somebody caked up, and you're like, oh, and then they split their pants. Like, oh that wow, shit, that shit made SpongeBob a celebrity. Mm-hmm. It did. It did. So we're here to talk about everything that's worth talking about, and a lot of stuff that's not. But we'll yeah. talk about it anyway. Because that's what we do here, and um, you know we do it. We do it for you. We do it for ourselves. We do it. We do it for the vibes, as we like to say, the capital V vibes. Because uh, we we feel good being here. Top of the episode, though. Let's get the uh, announcements out of the way. First off, the Christmas party. Yes, it's real. It's happening. Unlike the dodge, or un- unlike the kickball tournament, the city can't keep us down. You cannot stop us, Byron and the red tape bureaucrats at City Hall. Yeah. No, we are having the Christmas party Saturday, December 3rd. What time do we have it slated for, Jim? Friday, December 2nd. Friday, December 2nd. (laughs) Friday, December 2nd. I had it in my calendar as December 3rd, so I'm an idiot. Yep, Friday, December 2nd. All right, idiot. So if you have it in your calendar, (laughs) Saturday, December 3rd, change it now. (laughs) Friday, December 2nd at what time? Uh, 7 p.m. 7 to 11 p.m. Yes, and we are going to have we're going to have some interviews. We're going to do a live show, um, and we're just going to hang out and you know have a good time. All proceeds, Jim, will be going to uh, going going to Weedy at Westside Bazaar. Um, so it's thirty bucks. Um, we've got some food, including like some vegetarian vegan options, um, and, and then we're also going to we're going to play some games. Uh, we've got a band. We've got TV MTN, TV Mountain playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be a cash bar. So we're charging less than we did last year where you got one drink. This year you get no drinks, but you get you get a lot more for it. You get a show. You get a we show. We didn't have a show you last a show. time. Yeah. It was a social gathering last year. This year we're putting a show on. Right. We're going to put together a show. You also get to, you know, rub elbows with the likes of one Russell Weaver, right. Rusty, Uh and I, I believe uh, one India Walton maybe yeah. there, Jim. Mm-hmm. Yep. And who knows who will be there in the crowd? Mm-hmm. Who knows who's who's going to show up, hanging out in Allentown? You know, you never know who's going to pop right. in. M- maybe even Liz Truss. You know, she right. got nothing maybe better Liz going Truss, on. Right. You know? I'll I'll be whipping candy canes at people, and uh, maybe she uh, mm-hmm. will need food by then. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So please buy the tickets, um, Jim. The link is in our, our Twitter. It's it's in our Twitter. Uh, it's uh, if you go to our Facebook, there's yeah. uh, there's a Facebook event for there's it. You can look for it on Eventbrite. Um, yeah, it's 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 out there. Awesome. Buy so tickets. Get yep. those tickets. Uh, you know, buy 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 one for a friend. Bring a friend. Mm-hmm. Bring two friends. Bring all your friends. Mm-hmm. We're your friends. Right. Don't you want to get in the Christmas spirit the right way? Right. And you know, start our, things off right. Don't you always you have that one person? It's impossible to buy a gift for. <laughs> this is the gift. It's a perfect stocking stuff for four weeks early, maybe three weeks. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Alternatively, you know, you're having that terrible Thanksgiving argument with, you know, your racist uncle, and you're like, man, I want to stick it to him. I want to I want to own my racist uncle. Well, buy a ticket to the Square Podcast Christmas Party. You're, you're helping the community, and, you know, you're... And, and and you're sticking it to the man. Right, and, and bring his daughter, who he argues with all the time, and, like, help radicalize her. That's right. That's right. So do it. Buy the tickets. Also, if you like what you hear, what we do, please support us on Patreon, Square Podcast on Patreon. Give us your money. It's okay. We buy beer with it. 
We have awesome guests, uh, including an interview we have coming out with Erie County Clerk candidate Melissa Hartman. So stay tuned and listen for that as it comes out and uh, continue to support us in the uh, the work, uh, quotation marks, we're, work. We're putting out we random Patreon episodes now. Mm-hmm. We've had two. We are. We'll put out more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As time permits. Yes. Because we, we all work full time, folks. Right. right. So that being said. Let's get into the news of the week. Right. Speaking of people who aren't working full-time anymore. hey <laughs> Zynga. What's, what's the deal? What's the deal with the Shays thing? What, what, well, well, well their, their, their HR know. director, Horace Romance, is back in the news today right. after... Uh... <laughs> uh, so we, we, we theorized last week that uh, based off of everything that came out, that like it looked like Shays fired Michael Murphy, that he didn't resign. Mm-hmm. But we, we weren't sure when we had MCAT on, like what, which because it, it wasn't clear. Yeah. Turns out um, yeah, they did do what I said, where they're like, everybody who works for Shays, raise your hand. Not so fast, Michael. Yeah, uh, because he's now suing Shays uh, for discrimination, basically saying that like all these things that people said about him about being an absolute prick and yelling at people and treating people like shit, they're only complaining because he's gay. If he was a straight male, they would be lauding him for being a dickhead. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that may or may not be true. We'll see how it works out for him, Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever good to be a dick in a position of power. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 I don't, I don't Your think sexual preference doesn't matter. Right. Browbeating. Also, interesting. He's like, he's like, yeah, I was hated on for being gay in the theater community. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That. Listen, oh. I mean, homophobia can happen anywhere, but that's not the first place I'd look. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's a. It's a messy situation, to say the the least. And I know, so he's suing the theater, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, that's right. So brought into bigoted conduct. Okay, I'm reading the, just skimming the Buffalo News article on this now. Um, yeah, I don't have much commentary on this other than to say like, Shays is a pretty big operation. You know, like they have some large scale shows, and there's a lot of staff and people involved in making that happen. And if they all fucking hate you. You're not going to last long. Like you're not. I'm well, sorry. I mean, he lasted. He lasted much longer than he should have. I mean, they had like 25 percent of their staff left because of him. No, I, I, I know, I know. And you're right. He lasted longer than he should have. But what I'm saying is, like, this wasn't going to be sustainable. Like, this wasn't going to be tenable. Shays is too big of a fucking organization to have staff leaving left. Like, he's not so important to them. But you know, nobody's nobody's irreplaceable. But especially at a, at a place like Shays, right? So well, so so he's out. Rats off to him. Yeah, rats, rats off, off, to off to you. Right. Uh, we'll we'll get him a rats off to you T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Michael Murphy goes to the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next on the big board, the Common Council at large seat. It's back, baby. Yeah. Well. So. Uh, maybe. Well, maybe. Uh, so last week on the show, I was like, "Hey, you got a couple of Common Council uh, things to talk about," and then I only talked about one of them. Because I'm an idiot. So uh, you just all yipped up on that on that uh, pumpkin beer, right? I was yipped up on, on pumpkin beer and Fright World. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no wonder. Yeah, I just I just saw uh, you know 
Mad Kramer yelling inflation at me when I was at Fright World. But so an at-large seat, it's a very big seat that's that an elected official sits in. Right, yeah, it's it's uh you have to be double XL in order to run for Great. the at-large seat. I'm in. Yeah. I'll run. No, so they're talking about uh this is obviously in response to trying to get out a little bit ahead of the, the redistricting lawsuit and also the issues they had with, you know, the community input for the uh, for redistricting this year. Uh, you've had Pridgen, uh, Council President Darius Pridgen, mm-hmm. say, yeah, maybe we should take a look at bringing back the at-large seats, or at least an at-large seat. Uh, when they shrunk the Common Council, they eliminated the at-large seats. The Council President seat, in particular, used to be elected at-large. You weren't, you didn't have a councilmatic district, and then you were selected from among the council members to become president. You specifically ran for Council President at-large. I think that they're doing this because they're trying to head off the criticisms that they were getting from the Buffalo News and from local organizations and from you know, uh, our city action Buffalo. I think they're trying to do that because of this. That said, bringing back at-large seats, probably a great idea. As we've seen since the elimination of the at-large seats, the mayor's office has kind of taken more control and more powers than it had before because the mayor can say in his budget or uh, direct his departments and say, all right, Mickey Kearns ran for me in a primary for mayor. Fuck him. South gets nothing for the next four years. Or Niagara District supported India heavily in the primary and the general. So fuck those people. They get nothing. And there's nobody to really counteract the mayor's office at a, that wholesale or who represents the entire city. An at-large seat or maybe a couple of at-large seats, because they're not beholden to a particular district, like the mayor can't say, all right, like if you, if you say something negative to me or you support somebody who's against me, Dave Rivera or insert ex-council member here, he can then make your life miserable for four years and withhold funding. If you're an at-large, he's not going to withhold funding from the entire city because then he doesn't get reelected. He can't, he can't screw over the entire city at one time. So these at-large seats are a good check on the mayor's power, but I think that the, this idea has come about because of a very cynical, we need to use this to take it, you know, try to win the PR battle. And not because they think, hey, this would be good to check the mayor's power. What? How, how much of this has to do with the uh, mayoral election last year? Because there was a talk of a city manager instead of a mayor when they thought India may win. Uh, Does that have anything to do with it, in your opinion? I, I mean, I, I don't see them bringing back the city manager talk, interesting right, enough. Right, right. Uh, somehow that disappeared. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Very strange. Oh, geez. Um uh, so I I don't uh, maybe not, they forgot yeah it's, it's probably they just plum forgot <laughs> right yeah oh shucks <laughs> Rashid Wyatt just walking around university just for kicking stones saying rats um, now uh, and I'm not sure that the, I think this is actually if he means it in earnest Pridgen is actually taking a, a smart half step here uh, promoting a city manager position after the mayor won the election would just absolutely infuriate the mayor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tough, though, if you sell, 
the comp, the at large position as this is a good check or balance. Like you really hem the mayor in. What's he going to say? I nobody should be able to question me. I should have unfettered rule over the city of Buffalo. Like he may think that, but that is going to go over very poorly in the public eye. Like he can't say no. It, I thought you guys elected elected me be the dictator of the city of Buffalo, and I want to act as such. Fuck everyone else. Well, I mean, what what he would say, uh, maybe I don't know. I'm not in Byron Brown's head, but w- what he could what he could say is, well, hey, we do have a citywide elected position to keep the check on the mayor's power. It's the mayoral election. You can vote for mayor. You can vote for a different candidate. Obviously. You know, we know well enough that even when <laughs> you have a candidate like Byron Brown, who is uh, far from beloved and loses the Democratic primary, the the machinations can still end up having him as your mayor. But I mean, that's the flip side of it, right? Is like, why do we need to have this other elected position to check the mayor's power when you know the residents of the city of Buffalo already have? that resource to do so in in their own mayoral election well i mean i, I think the thing is that they're that what should be the check on the mayor's power are the council members few of them yeah. are willing to stand up and fight the mayor in a meaningful way and part of that is because of what i said where he can just say all right like if you want to fight me your district gets no fucking funding whatsoever. Your streets are the last ones to get plowed, and I just shit on you forever. Or at least until you lose election or it's my turn to run for mayor again. And so, I mean, I think that there is a decent argument for these at-large positions that represent the, the city as a whole. Uh, it's interesting also, like, I haven't seen exactly all the nuts and bolts of what prison's proposing, but one of his things that he said about our city action Buffalo and their maps, because it drew it in a way that people had to run against each other. He had this like weird view that, Oh, this creates a new district and we can't do that when it didn't, it, it had nine districts. It just drew a couple of people together. And is he, is he, well, we'll, we'll only have eight council districts and we'll have one at large. Or is he proposing that we create council districts now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's interesting to me that Darius Pridgen is the one that brought this up for discussion because I mean we we don't usually put him as like an out and out um, anti Byron Brown. You know, he's not. I mean, he, he very well may be opposed to the Brown administration or at least on the other side of them on a lot of things. But he's not the one that we would normally, in my mind, associate with that. Why? Why do you think Pridgen is the one? Well, he is. He is the swing vote. I mean, because you have the uh, as much as there's a minority caucus and a nine Democrats out of nine seats, uh, you have four members of the Common Council who are willing to go against the mayor as a block, uh, and Pridgen is kind of the swing vote there. Uh, he's both the president of the council and he's the one who. He feels, I think, in some ways, the most comfortable. It, the mayor, if he really wanted to, especially the people who are most loyal to him, I think they feel that he could really make their lives miserable if they weren't loyal to him and, and run a primary and maybe knock them out. I think Pridgen feels comfortable, like, you know, come at me, bro. 
Like, I would love to see yeah. if the if the mayor actually wanted to fight Pridgen, who's more popular in that district. I have a I have a guess, and it's not Byron Brown. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on, uh, we got to talk real quick on, with the with the city stuff. There was a report out. Um, I think Jeff Kelly. Uh, reported on this about the for uh, the city taking for forecl- extra foreclosure yeah. cash from people. When he's on next, let's talk to him about that. Yeah, okay. Well, bring oh, yeah. so bring Jeff on and talk about. I didn't uh, want any our listeners to think we forgot about. Right, it. we have not forgotten. Um, but moving on, we have two fun football related stories. Mm. The first, the renderings, <laughs> the new stadium, the rendering. rendering. What a great word. Yeah. yeah. What a great word. But we, we put the stadium pictures in a cast iron pan. We let it rendering for about four hours. Uh-huh. And it came out all, uh, all icy and glowy. So what do we think about these renderings? You got, you got some big... Now, they call them buffalo statues, but they're actually bison. I, I got to be right. clear on that. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's face it. It's a huge, huge bison. Big bison. Right, right in the middle of the, that concrete area which i don't know i guess there could be trees and stuff there but beautiful landscaping yeah you know but eh, let's just pour a bunch of concrete and have a big sheet of ice for everyone to walk in and jam. right a giant giant January. sheet of ice in orchard park yeah uh i i would rather rather than bison statues you know that could be a tourist attraction yeah orchard park's giant uh sheet of ice yeah oh yeah yeah I've, I've, that's a that's a Springfield with Simpsons type of thing. <laughs> escalator to nowhere. Well, the monorail. I think it's an appropriate right. uh, uh, analogy for but, the stadium. So what if, what if we convince them instead of doing just generic bison statues like they have at the Sonic on uh, Delaware yeah. or on Elmwood or whatever? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, what if we convince them to do statues of like important figures in Buffalo Bills history? Okay. Oh. I think the first one that nobody would complain about would be a Marv Levy statue. Where would you rather be mm-hmm. than right here, right now statue? O.J. Simpson. Well, I think that's why they're probably leaning away from, <laughs> like, oh, come on, certain, like, like active or youthful. Oh. Like, like, you know, I don't know that as much as we love Josh Allen, we're going to get a Josh Allen hurdling a sign on hurdle statue right now. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. I think they're going to go for like, what about deceased players? And like, they can't, they, they can't do anything anymore. <laughs> like a, a Jack Kemp statue. Oh, okay. The, the, the actual renderings themselves. I mean, they're, they're fine. I don't know. Whatever. It's, it's going to be a new big monument to testament to like unbridled fucking money and, whatever the nfl mm-hmm. just this another fucking gargantuan but, uh, pissing away of public funds yeah there's a there's a town meeting about this right a bunch of residents in orchard park complained about the whole thing a lot of people want a dumb a lot of people are pissed that so much money is going towards this there's not a lot of community say in what's going on uh but uh, i think the bill's response was like fuck you we got some mm-hmm. some roof over what what was it half of the place i don't know right yeah, where where the owners sit? I, yeah, I'm, and 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 I guess uh, some infrared heating or whatever. Uh, okay, whatever. Yeah, I guess it's slightly better than this. I mean, bad news, Orchard Park. You have very little say in about <laughs> in what's going to happen. <laughs> like, yep. the, just going to take it. The NFL is a uh, massive conglomerate, you know, behemoth, and you're just going to get what you're going to get. So, hope it's cool. I mean, hope it's fun. I, I I I hope it doesn't have that like that sheen, that polish 
that takes away all the like the weird chaotic energy that the the ralph has you know yeah um it could very well be like a very sanitized overly corporate experience which would make a lot of money for the bills in the nfl but you know not what the buffalo market and buffalo fan base which is i mean that's that's the selling point for buffalo you know that's why the NFL loves the Bills so much, even when we were dog shit, is because the fan base was so rabid, in part because going to the stadium and tailgating and all that is a fun experience mm-hmm. um, if you don't have to work on a Monday. <laughs> and, uh, and and to lose that charm, I think, would really adversely affect the Bills' product, the Bills' fan base. So I, I hope that they retain the spirit of, you know, the Buffalo, like, just want to go to the Bills games, have a good time, not being like a weird fucking corporate sweat box. I don't know. Well, I, I expect the Bills stadium to be at least 12 times as nice as the baseball stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so I was because I was thinking about like when I saw the renderings, I was like, oh, my God, I, I forgot that we we're going to spend one point two billion dollars building the stadium. I was like, uh, I wonder I wonder how much the, the baseball stadium, which everybody seems to love, cost. And in, in 2021 dollars, ninety seven million. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. to, to build that stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I hope that the, the football stadium is at least 12 times as nice as the baseball stadium that we all love. I, want, I wonder if they're still going to have the troughs to piss in. I, I hope so. Yeah, you, you like that? We should Experience. be so lucky. Yeah, yeah we should. We should, we should. <laughs> I, they actually, I hope they, they put them in in the parking lot, too. So the, <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, just, just go just, wild. You know, regular aqueduct, modern day aqueduct. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. In other football news, Jim. Yeah. This is this is one of my favorite stories as of late because it it involves drama. It involves forfeits. It involves paperwork. Yes, the Bennett High football team, the defending class. Uh, sorry, the defending section six class AA football champions. Of, of, you know, I, I think that's just all New York State, right? I don't know if it... No, uh, well, Section 6, double A. Section 6 of New York of State. Of New York State. Right, right, right. That's what I mean. Like, it's not it's not like just like regional. It's like of New York. Whatever. Yeah. They're state champs. They're defending state champs. Is, no, no, you, not, not defending state champs. What's that? they defending Section 6 champions. Or, or defending 6 champions. There's I'm 11 sorry. sections in New York State. Do you think I know shit about football oh my on God. the high school I level? such a headache. Yeah. All right. Well, they're defending. They're the defending Section Six champs at the right. Class AA level. All right. Whatever. They're defending champs. They just got the fucking rug pulled out from under them, having to vacate six of their previous wins under the season after defeating one Lancaster High. Well, okay. So that that is how people are saying this. It was two games after they beat Lancaster. And what's also weird is so like, I, I have a lot of people are saying, oh, they're doing this because they're, they're racist and, and they want to punch the schools. Bennett is still in the playoffs as the number three seed. They can still win section six. They didn't make them, oh, you have to give up your season. And there was also, I think at least one, uh, uh, there was one other high school in section six. It was for a different sport that had an ineligible player. And it was like women's like field hockey or girls field hockey. That they also said you're using an eligible player, and this was like Star Point or some you know suburban white district, and they made them forfeit all their their schools, their all all their wins. So people are saying, oh, they did this to Bennett because Bennett was beating the white schools. You just said that the defending Section Six AA champions. If this was about them beating the white schools, wouldn't they have done this last year when they were they were good? 
Perhaps. Probably. Probably. Perhaps. It, it seems like the city of Buffalo basically has acknowledged that, yes, they used an ineligible player and we fucked it up. And they're suing just to cover themselves. Like, here's my thing is that in two weeks when, when the playoffs are done, I expect Bennett to be defending Section 6 champs again. Like, <laughs> they're the best team in Section 6. They're in the playoffs. They're one of four teams that made the playoffs even with having to vacate their six wins. They didn't say, you're no longer eligible for the playoffs. We want to hand this to Lancaster or Orchard Park or whoever. You are still the number three seed. They're going to win. They're going to be the. They're going to be the, the defending team. They're going to go to the state playoffs. They're going to go play Rochester in, in, in three weeks or whatever. So like, like I agree. Like there is a lot of times that Section Six puts their thumb on the scale to support the suburban schools. I don't think that this is one of those times. I think like like oh, we suddenly now think that Buffalo Public Schools is like one hundred percent competent and couldn't have fucked up and put an ineligible player on their team. Awfully convenient for a Lancaster guy to be saying. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all. I'm yep. Saying. All I'm saying. You're right, though. I mean, no. Look, if they had an ineligible player, also, I, I know it's a stupid clerical thing, but on that level where everybody's like, so you have to be on top of your shit because um, you know how cutthroat fucking high school sports are. Well, I mean, I think as somebody like I went to Bonaventure and lived through like the Bonaventure scandal of like the early 2000s where they used an eligible player and what happened to them and they weren't even good, but like they used an eligible player, they made them forfeit all their wins and also exclude them from the postseason. Mm-hmm. Section 6 said you have to like all the games that this kid played in you like our our losses, but as long as he doesn't play anymore you guys are eligible for the playoffs. And because, like, the rest of the section is such dog shit, even having to vacate six wins, you're still going to be in the number three seed in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it should all be a wash if Bennett is really that good and they're just going to, you know, shit stomp everybody in the playoffs. Right. I mean, they, they don't so. have to, they don't like the, the actual good football programs around here are the private schools. They don't have to play St. Francis or Canisius. It's true. Right or Joe's or whatever, like they like, they don't have to play those schools, like you know. So like they're they're gonna go and you know beat the shit out of Williams or West Seneca East or whatever nonsense in the first week, and then and then you know play Lancaster or Jamestown the next week, and then beat the shit out of them, and go play some Rochester team. Right, right. They they. I mean, yeah. Again, like you said, if they're good, they're going to continue to be good. Making the playoff, being eligible for the playoffs, is right. The, the, and, and the other thing is, that it's not like the, this kid who is ineligible was like their starting quarterback or like some star player for their team. It's very reminiscent of the of the Bonaventure uh, issue, where like the the guy was like the set like at the Bonaventure time, he was like the number seven player on a five man like a eight man rotation. He was like number seven, and barely was brought in, and like but. Yeah, he should have been ineligible, and Bonaventure fudged it to, to let him in. And it looks like the Buffalo Public Schools did it for the same thing for Bennett. And, like, it's not that this kid was garbage, but he was relatively inconsequential to, like, their victories. So, I, I mean, like, I feel bad that the kids got punished for what was a clerical thing at the... And, and, and that's the issue I have with it, is, like, you should never punish the kids for what they've done because the adults couldn't take care of the paperwork correctly. Right. 
Like that's the sh- the shitty thing about it. Uh, but like at least they they didn't they say okay because of this we're also k- kicking out of the playoffs. They said you know what go ahead prove us wrong. And I expect fully that in two weeks when the the section six playoffs are over, that Bennett will be victorious at the Ralph and will be moving on to play Rochester with like a one win regular season. Right. Regular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like doesn't matter. A chip in a chair type of thing. Right. For sure. For sure. On the labor front. So Starbucks uh, unionization efforts throughout the country continue to expand, although there has been some, um, it has kind of slowed down. Uh, I read something in the Washington, uh, Wall Street Journal. I'm sorry. Yeah. Starbucks, uh, the management's pushing back. They're giving better benefits and pay to non-union stores now mm-hmm. and yeah. so stores are becoming more hesitant to unionize because of that so well they're, they're they're actually specifically doing stuff like hey we will uh we'll we'll pay for your uh reproductive medicine yeah mm-hmm. unless you join a union <laughs> oh those dirty motherfuckers yeah. i hate it so much oh my god that howard shell howard shell howard howard um, so, yeah, you know, the, the, the fight continues um, in Starbucks. Um, it, it continues apace. We did have here in Buffalo, uh, folk singer Billy Bragg was recently in town yeah. uh, to support the folks at the Elmwood mm-hmm. location. Speaking of the United Kingdom. Speaking of the United yeah. Kingdom, yeah. So, sounds like he wants out too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty cool. You know, I mean, he... Pretty much, I think he was on tour, and like Buffalo wasn't a tour stop. No, he he uh, he had a show in like Albany and then Toronto, and he had a day off in between, and said, "Well, turns out Buffalo's like right in between where I'm going, anyways, and they're at the forefront of cool. the new union movement in the United States." Yeah, so pretty cool. You know, Billy Bragg was in town, and uh, I I didn't get a chance to attend, but I, I know Rusty was there. Yeah. Rusty was there. Friend of the uh, Sally Schaefer was there. Yep. Yep. And yeah. I heard a couple other w- notable mentions on the unionization front. Um, we've got Cisco. Yeah. Right, Jim. Yeah, Cisco. They had a three-week strike of the Fong song thing. for the. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but they. I'm not putting that. But in, the, so. these <laughs> these teamsters have dumps like a truck, and <laughs> we're able to get a new contract. Yeah. And then we got uh, Geico maybe starting a union. But I'm not sure what where that stands. Yeah, I'm I'm not exactly sure what what's going on with the. Uh, I think that's but, more of a TBD. It's, yeah, something's happening there. But uh, it's something to keep an eye out for. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we'll uh, keep our ears to the ground and you know read the news like the rest of you once mm-hmm. once we get more information about uh, some of these comings and goings on the labor front. Moving on, mm-hmm. Mark. Some might say. Hitler, Mark put hit. Oh, I can't do it anymore. I can't. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I can't. We'll have to have Kanye on to say it. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, Kanye. He's really he's really poisoned the well on the Hitler stuff. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just made it like you can't say that kind of thing Jeez. anymore. Uh, Mark Poland Cars, our your county executive in mind, has released his latest budget for the people right his proposed budget for 2023 came out a couple weeks ago uh he's talking about cutting the property tax rate again holding the line on taxes but increasing the budget uh it's it's very funny to me that i mean obviously i know he's running for re-election next year but he just continuously does this like 
you know, pseudo Republican, like I have to make sure that I'm always cutting property taxes, even though, you know, you know, property taxes are like his one, you know, progressive tax tool he has to redistribute wealth and affect change in Erie County. Uh, All the other taxes that, that the County has input on are regressive taxes. No, I mean, if over the last like three years he just held the line on property tax, he may have been able to push then for like a quarter percent change or deduction in sales tax. Yeah, or maybe even half a percent. Right, and cut the which is an incredibly regressive tax, which hammers lower income people. And, and poor, and even middle-class people, mm-hmm. way harder than, than property taxes Gas do. Gas tax that we had a holiday on. Yep. Yep. Could have made that a little more right. easier to swallow. Right. Could have done something like that. Uh, but instead, you know, r- you know r- rallies around the property tax and, and what he's done there in a in a very, very Republican, very conservative way of, of handling it. Um, and, and, you know, I, I get it this year because there's an election next year and i would be i don't i don't know who the republican is going to be obviously the republicans are going to put a very fierce challenge up he's been county executive for multiple terms uh they want to fight him if i had to guess right now if i was putting like if i was vegas and i put odds on caesar's sportbook who is the republican candidate for county executive next year i would guess former congressman chris jacobs Mm mm-hmm I would think that that's who the Republicans are going to try to recruit to bring in. But so I get it this year, but Paul and Cars has done this pretty much every year since he's been county executive, where he focuses on what he can do to, to reduce property taxes and sell that as opposed to thinking about holding it still for a couple of years and then cutting sales tax and selling that where it actually makes a bigger difference for, like I said, like the working class and for lower income mm-hmm. people. Because it's such a crazy regressive tax, I, I don't want to say Mark Polonkaras is like he's not a like he's not a Republican in Democrats' clothing. Like I, I don't think that's fair to say about him. Um, he is a more conservative Democrat. He has always been that way. But it is interesting, you know, being at that county level and understanding what the county needs on a broader scale. Like why that fetishization with the the property taxes and the cutting the tax rate it is, is very clintonian it is very clintonian yeah that's exactly what i was thinking jim because it's like dude the county needs those funds you know like those are those are funds especially as you know we're seeing properties being you know bought up more and more in, in this county from out-of-town investors like that's money coming into erie county that they're making money off of erie county that they're not really contributing back as much as they should be so it's like i know you want to make you know properties cheaper i know you want to make them more affordable for people but you're losing out on funds the county is in desperate need of well and and also like we these out-of-town investors are buying these properties and they don't really care what the property tax is but you're going to cut the property tax for them and they don't live here and so they're going to save money and then the sales tax, which is going to be paid for by the people who, who now have to rent out these properties because they've been priced out of being able to purchase and own homes, 
So the, the tax that they do pay every day is going to be higher on your residents. And the, the that, that increasing amount of people who don't actually live here, you're actually cutting the taxes for non-residents and saving money for the investor class and screwing over the people who actually live in the county of Erie. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. And it feels it's one of those things where, you know, and, and no Republican, by the way, would ever argue against Mark Polencar's cutting taxes, but that's not the way they're going to engage him. What they're going to say is like, hey, you've been raising taxes or whatever. But they're going to say, they're, they're not, well, they're, they're going to say, okay, somebody's taxes went up because it got reassessed at the town level and that's outside of county control. But they're going to be like, Mark Polencar's is a Joe Biden you know leftist who you know wants your daughter to be raped by you know a refugee basically that a trans gonna, refugee right they're gonna say yeah. nonsense like uh, like you know we're gonna get to like talking about local races later but like i got a mailer yesterday uh from the frank smear check campaign against monica wallace out in lancaster saying that monica it says monica wallace is making your life miserable is what it says on the one side <laughs> and it talks about one particular crime and incident and one particular person's taxes going up. I've been referring to it as the Monica Wallace hates your fucking guts. Power. <laughs> Do you think she does really? No, oh, I mean, okay. obviously not. Like, okay. I mean, but like, right. like it doesn't, it, 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 if, if Mark Poland cars, maybe not you, me, if, if Mark, definitely, definitely you snake. If, yeah. if Mark Poland cars, targeted the property tax cut so that he cut the taxes of literally every single Republican in Erie County, they would all fucking hate him the next day anyways. It doesn't fucking matter. Right. And they're going to run like the most insane stuff against him. Like, he is a tyrant because he wanted you to get vaccinated and you know, like he, he hates your guts. He wants to steal your guns and... Like I mean, they're gonna run all. Uh, he 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 wants to make everything dangerous because he supports sanctuary cities. Right. They're gonna run all that stuff against him. That all this tax stuff doesn't matter as far as the campaign goes, but what it does matter is the day to day basis. That like, yeah, if over twelve years he had held the tax ta uh, property tax rate constant, or even fucking some slight cuts, I suppose, but it just kept it kept it constant. The county would be better funded. He could probably pay the staff members of the county, the workers in the county, more money so that the county wasn't bleeding staff to local nonprofits and, and, yeah. the, and the private sector yeah. and probably could have cut that regressive sales tax. For sure. And it's not like it's because, uh, all right, so you could see it from the other angle where it's like, well, I don't want the investor class to be pissed off at me and then support you know, somebody running against They're going to do so, it anyways. Right. Well, exactly. That's, that's exactly it. Like you can try to cater to them as much as you want. Like they, they don't like you, Mark, you know, they, they will run against you. They have, all you're doing is sticking your thumb in the eye of the people of your County who actually live here and own properties. And as their sales tax goes up on the properties, they're just like, well, fuck. Right. I mean, it's like at the national level or even at the state level where they're like, you know, Democrats are like, well, we don't want to, like, pass too many laws forcing new sources of energy or, like, EVs or anything like that because we don't want oil companies getting mad at us. And then the oil companies go and give all their money to Republicans anyways. It's funny how that, that works out. 
Funny how that works out. Well, best of luck to you, Mark Polonkaras, in uh, in your budget and obviously your election next year. Yeah, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll, come, uh, we'll circle back to the budget in a couple of weeks uh, after the legislature passes a budget and see what's adopted, and we can and we can talk about adopted versus uh, proposed. For sure. What's this farmer guy thing, Jim? I don't know the story. Uh, so this was something I saw in the Buffalo News. It's it's a guy named Michael Lurson. Uh, he was a uh, a pharmaceutical salesperson. Okay, basically was running a Ponzi scheme. Oh, awesome! Why didn't uh, we think of that? Uh, he like so he he owned condos in, in Buffalo, Miami. He had a Lamborghini. Eventually, uh, because of like the fraud, the government seized between four and five million dollars worth of assets. Uh, and he was indicted on multiple fraud charges and that stuff. That's now, why we didn't do that. So he uh, he beat some of the fraud charges, but he's got a lot more pending. He's and he said he had to borrow like four hundred thousand dollars from like his mom to pay his his attorneys <laughs> attorney fees. <laughs> oh, mom! Right. Hey, 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 uh, uh, float alone for a little. So, but Let me what, some trouble. He, here's uh, I I have some. First of all, uh, he also like he was part owner of like Rec Room. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, so he sold his ownership stake in that. Uh, we know, like the records, he got four hundred twenty thousand for it, but he reported that he only got like one hundred forty thousand for it. Oh, and so he's play. He's saying that. You think he lied about that? Maybe. Oh, I, it would be first for him. <laughs> he, so he's saying that like he's got these additional charges and he can't afford his attorneys anymore. He like his 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 parents can't give him any more money. They they tapped out. He has anybody he can go to. The federal government didn't take his condos in Buffalo or Miami because he's renting them out as sources of income. Okay. And he has at least two vehicles, including a Land Rover, that they let him keep. Okay. And, but so he said that, like, he was going to, he said, you know what? I might just have to take a plea deal and plead guilty to some of these charges because I can't afford attorneys. And the judge was like, I won't let you do that. Because I don't want anybody going to jail because they can't afford an attorney. And my first thought was like, what about the millions of fucking people who are in jails in this country? It's it's strange that the judge was like, listen, rich or at least formerly rich white guy, I won't let you go to jail because you can't afford the best legal uh, services you can possibly afford. And didn't think to themselves, hey, I wonder if there's not millions of black or brown people yeah. in this country who are in jail because they couldn't afford the best legal defense that they could possibly get. Well, they didn't think to run Ponzi schemes, Jim. I mean, yeah, they didn't think about being a rich white guy from Clarence. They also did not think about that. Maybe they should have. Frankly. Right. I mean, you know, being a rich white guy from Clarence worked out pretty good for Chris Collins when he got in trouble with the law. <sighs> you want a congressional seat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, they should, so you should try it more often. It seems to be working out swimmingly. So, uh, so I, 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 I hope all judges, if at any point, if you're a judge and you're like, I, I don't want you to plead guilty because you can't afford good legal defense. I want you to go and call Mark Polonkars and say, raise fucking taxes on people so that our public defenders in the county court system can be paid well and we can have more of them. So they're not overworked and overstressed and, and under, uh, supported. Because, like, that is why you have people pleading guilty and taking these plea deals all the time is because, like, a public defender is like, well, look, I have to work 600 cases by myself and I have no support staff. And like, But if you are a millionaire, you can afford to hire multiple attorneys with lots of support staff to do all the research. It's true. 
So, but in this case, they're like, "Hey, farm bro, Buffalo Screlly." <laughs> <laughs> He's not as in your face as Screlly was, though. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think uh, they couldn't wait to put that guy in jail fast enough. Screlly. Right, right. I, I, the, yeah, Screlly. I, I don't know that Michael Lurson has any like uh, uh, Wu Tang <laughs> CD, Wu Tang <laughs> albums, or anything. Exclusive like Wu Tang albums. <laughs> so, well, he probably has some uh, NFTs. Definitely has some NFTs. Oh, yeah. So, Jim, Rye, here we go. It's election season, baby. Yeah. Who we pick? Elections. Now, again, Ooh, we, we pick, so you don't have to think. Right. We're voting again. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. We are voting. We're picking. We will tell you who the winners and losers are. It, this is better. This is better. I was thinking, like, uh, what was his name? Jimmy the Greek? You know, the guy who, like, yeah. prognosticated about the gambling a million years ago? Right, right. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then said something crazily racist and got kicked off the television. Right. We will not say anything crazily racist yet. <laughs> but we will make the picks, and we will get them right. 100% certainty. And if we're wrong, mm-hmm. your money back. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or the election was stolen. Or right. the elec- Oh, the election was definitely stolen right. if we're wrong. Yeah. So buckle up. Here we are. Here's the mother-flipping... Uh, election picks 2022 edition. What races do we have? Start us off here, Jim. Uh, well, we're, we're going to start off low and go high. How about that? Okay. So we're going to start well, off in terms of position or? Uh, no, no, low, no, no, low, no. Low. When they go low, we, we go high. <laughs> we go high. So, but we're going to start off with, you're probably not paying attention to it, but there's a proposition on the ballot this oh. year. If you're in the state of New York, there's a proposition about putting aside money for spending on uh, in different environmental programming. Oh, who wants to do that? Right. Yep. Uh, I, I say vote yes, but the same, like to counterbalance that, buy a bunch of cans of hairspray, start them on fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All things need balance. Right. The environment yeah. needs to know who's boss. Right. Yeah. You know, right. we should spend that money on something good, cleaning up all the the hairspray. Right, right, yes. right. Voting yes. one right. on prop one is the yin. Yeah, burning cans of Aquanet is the yang. Well, you're gonna bring back '80s hair metal hair. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see that on you. They that, say people don't want to work anymore. Look, yeah. you get them in the business of yeah, spraying a bunch of hairspray, Aquanet. and then you pay other people to clean up the hairspray. It, it just makes the economy churn. You just yeah. created jobs. Yeah, and GDP, baby. Right. Uh, so. Uh, no, actually, town race, uh, the only town race we're going to talk about, uh, Cheektowaga Judge. This is a, a rematch from the Democratic primary. You've got Jennifer Renfola, who's an attorney and seems well-qualified and won the Democratic primary against uh, John Wannett, who is a former law enforcement agent. You know, that sounds like a good wrestling nickname, the Cheektowaga Judge, <laughs> right? John Wannett. That's a great name. Yeah, that is. John Wannett. John Wannett. John Wannett. He wanted all right. Cheek to Wagga Judge. But he ain't going to get it. Who are we picking? Oh, we're going to pick Ronfola. Okay. He ain't going to get it. He wanted. He ain't getting it. I mean, I get this comes down to like, this is going to be a judge in, in a major town. Like, this, we're not talking about like being judge in fucking Marilla where it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, Cheek to Wagga is a, is a giant town and a first ring suburb. And your choices are somebody who actually studied and knows the law. <laughs> Or a retired cop. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm guessing the, the person who knows the law. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, right? it seems. Is that who I should pick? Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, also, you know, uh, won it while running in the Democratic primary. Uh, you could tell that he was giving away the game. All of the signs were on the same lawns as like 
Lee Zeldin and uh, Mickey Kearns yeah, signs. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Jim. All right. So who are we picking again? Name? Renfola. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, let's, let's, talk, uh, let's talk County Clerk's race. The Clerk. So we have Melissa Hartman, who right. we interviewed. Yeah, we have Melissa Hartman versus uh, Michael P. Mickey, if you will. Right. Kearns, the... The square's favorite punching bag. Yep. Erstwhile, erstwhile former Democrat. I say former because he got shithoused in the Democratic primary against Hartman uh, earlier this year, having, I mean, Jesus, you know, just blown his wad in terms of campaign spending, spending almost $140,000 in that wildly unsuccessful primary. Uh I think that this is going to be a lot more competitive. You've been saying this for a while, Jim. I'm inclined to agree with you. The general is going to be a lot more competitive. Um, Mickey, for all his warts, still has high levels of name recognition. People know Mickey. He's been around. He's an entity. Um, They generally have good feelings about him. Uh, You know, we'll see how we'll see how much that holds over from his days of just being kind of you know, the happy-go-lucky chuckle fuck from South Buffalo, um, <laughs> as opposed to being, like, the wildly racist dickhead who's on Tucker Carlson on the regular. Right. So we'll see if, you know, the, the people of Erie County um, finally see Mickey Kearns for, for who he is. But, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, Hartman, I mean, again, huge statement victory in that primary. We were skeptical. We, yeah. we said, hey, we've got a former Republican running in the Democratic primary, Edentown supervisor, like what the hell's going on here? Well, egg all over our face and and happy to be wrong on that because Joe McMahon has clearly put together a campaign uh, that, you know, it's it's a tight operation to win the Democratic primary would have been a coup to win the Democratic primary in that fashion is just I mean, it's unbelievable. And for me, it tips a scale to Hartman. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's probably a coin flip. Uh, we're gr- What we'll see is. Does Hochul have coattails in Erie County? I expect Hochul to win Erie County. I mean, obviously, I expect her to win the governor's race. We'll get to that. But we'll see if she has coattails in Erie County and if Hartman can carry them. I will say one of the things I would have done if I were the Hartman campaign um, is Mickey sent out all those pieces during the primary saying that he was a lifelong Democrat. I just would have photocopied his pieces and sent them to every Republican and conservative in, in Erie County. And we're like, this is the guy you want to support, the one who can't tell, can't yeah. wait to tell everybody he's a lifelong Democrat, the one like because like we've become so partisan in this country that like if you are a Republican or you are a conservative, the worst thing that you know somebody could be is a Democrat, and Mickey spent one hundred and fifty thousand dollars essentially telling everybody that he was a Democrat. I just would have sent his pieces to all those Republicans to every prime Republican. And maybe they stay home, or at least maybe they plunk on the county clerk's race. I think it's a coin flip. Um, I think that uh, I was talking to somebody else about this six weeks ago. I had it in my head like fifty three forty seven Mickey. Um, I'm leaning Hartman now. Uh, I think that what what you're seeing is that. Yeah, I think one of the things that's going to help her is that. Dak, as we'll, we'll talk about shortly, spend a lot of money on the assembly races in Erie County. I think that you know, 
we're seeing the funding advantage that Sean Ryan had against Ed Rath. I think that early voting is coming in. We're, we're on the second day of early voting, and it's been gangbusters, especially in the city of Buffalo. Um, so I think that we're going to see you know, maybe – I don't know what's going to happen in the rest of the country as far as blue wave versus red wave, but I think we're seeing a lot of turnout in Erie County, and I think that we're seeing a lot of spending in Erie County. I think the Democrats are are flexing their muscles in Erie County at least, and that helps her. We'll see if that goes away. I, I think that if this was next year, if this was on a local ballot year when it was the county executives race and all the town board races i'd be more pessimistic about her chances i think that i'm leaning hartman right now um you know i wouldn't be surprised to see either one win but i'd be surprised to see anybody get more than like 54 46 yeah i mean not to go too long on this one but i think the well's pretty much dried up from carl paladino and friends money from his campaign so you know, in another in another year, I think that might have been something that eh, might have tipped the scales the other way um, in Mickey's favor. But here, like, he has very little. Look, the Democratic Party has overwhelmingly rejected him based on what we saw in the primary. Um, his own friends really don't have much to to give him. I I know it could be a coin flip. I I think Hartman. I, I'm going to put it like fifty three. 47 in Hartman's favor. I think she, I think her campaign, and I, hopefully this isn't just wishful thinking, but I think her campaign infrastructure, which Joe McMahon has done, and, you know, the, the coattail effects of everything with what we're seeing with the Democratic Party yeah. in 2022 and the Republican Party, I think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be decisive. I think we'll know election night. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that. Yep. I agree. All right. So let's talk about uh, those assembly races I mentioned. Uh, first, uh, we're not going to talk about all these assembly races. You know, like, like John Rivera, like whatever, like he's going to dance on somebody's grave. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, but you know, unfortunately, on the other side, so is Dave DiPietro, right? Like it doesn't matter. I actually, I think, I don't know that DiPietro even has like, an uh, opponent. But uh, let's talk about uh, in the 142nd, uh, our friend, erstwhile friend, Patrick Burke, Patrick B. Burke. Patrick B. Burke. Uh, Orchard Park, West Seneca, City of Buffalo, Lackawanna. Running against Sandy Magnano, vote for Sandy is her URL. I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, she's a monster. She's just trash. Yeah. I mean, she's just coming out with like, like, blatantly like homophobic and transphobic yeah. and racist stuff. Pulling for Pat, I think Pat's gonna win. Uh, again, this is where I talk about like Dak spending some money, as we talked about when we had Jeff on. And we did campaign finance stuff post primary. Yep, Pat had like no money. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't didn't raise a ton. He's got uh, some some good ads out right now. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Dak Dak is pumping right, some money right, into right. that. You know, Dak yeah. is pumping some money into that race. Um, a couple other races. You know, they 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 pumped some money into the Bill Conrad race. I don't expect that to be very competitive, um, but you know, they they are putting money there. Uh, Karen McMahon has uh, some money. We're not going to talk at the McMahon race at, at depth. McMahon does have an opponent. It's uh, it's a an, an Ed Rath staff member, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think Matt that shouldn't be very close. Yeah, uh, the only two are the 142nd, 143rd. Uh, Burke should win. Should uh, looks like he's been doing a lot of work. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he, but as anybody who's listened to our show would know, uh, he has a uh, mostly untested staff. <laughs> uh, I, I think we we've gotten to the point with the you know the Burke um, campaign and the Burke operation organization, where you know the the state Democratic Party they they basically just been like, all right, Pat, we're gonna let us handle this election for you. Like we we don't trust you. You are too much of a fucking wild card yourself here. We're we're going to step in. We're going to win this race. Play nice. Be good. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen what the Mallers look like. Um, that would give me a better insight into whether Dak's taking total control over, or if they're just doing. I mean, because two years ago, Dak basically let him run his run let him run his own campaign, but they handled all the TV and radio. Uh, so it looks like they're doing something similar this year. I haven't seen the mailers. I don't know if they're letting him handle like the local, the mail stuff or not. Um, but again, he didn't have very much money, so he couldn't do much mail unless, unless Dak did take over. Um, now somebody who did have some money, but has a much, much tighter race, or at least, uh, did two years ago Mm. is, uh, somebody woman Wallace versus that absolutely fucking Cretan Frank smear check. Uh, as I mentioned just a couple minutes ago, he did a Maller, the, the Monica Wallace hates your fucking guts Maller. Uh, as I mentioned last week on the show, Wallace is doing something that I think is smart and that I wish more Democrats would do, where he has these really abhorrent views on uh, reproductive rights and birth control and all that stuff. And so she's just ignoring crime and inflation totally in her TV commercials. She's just talking about like, Frank Smearcheck wants to outlaw abortions and, you know, like outlaw like birth control. And I'm a woman. I'm going to stand up for women's rights. And if Frank Smearcheck wants to say the crazy, like, you know, bullshit views that he has, please come say them. And, you know, he clearly, somebody got to him because this mailer that was done for him was done by the New York State Republicans. Mm-hmm. It wasn't done by his campaign. And they were like, yeah, no, Monica Wallace, you know, is like pro crime and, and pro inflation. Basically, was the the gist of their their mailer. And they're not letting him talk about the stuff that he wants to talk about. I think Wallace is going to win. Like now, two years ago, if you guys remember, with Wallace on election night, she was behind. We had to wait until after election night until the absentees came right, in, right. yep, uh, for her to finally pull ahead and actually win. Mm-hmm. District's been drawn a little bit differently. She she's lost part of the like eastern part of Lancaster, the the town line Alden area part of Lancaster, yeah, yeah. town line being the area that loves talking about how they seceded from the Union during the Civil War and they're last of the rebels. Jeez. Be proud, yeah. So. That that's good for her that she doesn't have that part of the district anymore. I, mean, I know that her and her campaign can't be like, yeah, we're finally glad to be get rid of those freaks, but like they have to be feeling better about like the Basically, district. I mean, right. Yeah, you know. uh, so I, I I think that again I think as opposed to two years ago, I think election night we'll see that she wins on election night. I also know like I mentioned a couple uh, like maybe last month with smear check that like. He hasn't been as involved in the campaign or has been as, as fervent a campaigner as he was two years ago. Um, he felt like he got screwed by the state party or somehow. He was like sulking. Right, yeah. He, yeah, Very he was, mopey. Right. He, he wasn't doing his own petitions. He wasn't really campaigning very hard. Even though, like, 
like and, and again like i said like he felt like he was like betrayed by like the state like the state didn't do enough for him and he raised no money himself the only reason why he was even in the race is because the state did a ton, a ton for him monica who never like had a ton of money in the prior races this year came into it with a bunch of money mm-hmm. uh but i think she's going to be a beneficiary like i'm sh- i know she's going to spend a bunch of her money and next week we'll talk about campaign finance a little bit more uh, so I haven't looked in, in depth to see exactly how much she spent, but because DAC came in, the Demo- Democratic Assembly Campaign Committee came in, and they did commercials for Conrad, they did commercials for Rivera, they did commercials for Burke, who didn't have that much money. They also did commercials for McMahon and for Wallace, because like, well, we might as well do them for you. Like we're doing them for your colleagues in the area and we're helping them out. We're spending money. They didn't do what they were supposed to, which is raise much money. Well, uh, in the cases of like Rivera and Conrad in particular, they're brand new. Mm -hmm. I think they get a little bit of a pass on, on just how much money they can raise. Rivera was doing a much better job raising money than Conrad was. Um, But you know, I think Conrad, what are we doing here? (laughs) I mean, but money wise, but you know, it, it's I think it's it's tougher if you're Dak. Like there has to be a lot of eye rolling in Albany going about what is Burke doing. He's been around for a while now. Like why is he not raising any money? And you know, and as opposed to Conrad Rivera, whose state assembly is their first elected office. Burke's been in elected office before. Again, why is he not doing better raising money? Um, you know, Rivera just had a, a big fundraiser in New York City. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see if what the numbers come up for that. But like, you know, he's actually doing stuff to raise a bunch of money. Um, but like, still at the end of the day, Dak came in and said, you know, we're going to do some st- work for you guys as well because we're doing it for everybody else. And just because you have the money, Karen, you have the money, Monica, it'd be unfair for us to not at least do like film the commercial and pay for some spots and then since you have it in the can if you want to pay for some additional time and do some additional media buys you can because you have the commercial i think it's wallace as well i, I mean it's yeah. it's going to be it's going to be close you know cl- yeah. uncomfortably close i think but with the redistricting with the you know with the money advantage for wallace in her favor um I, i'm I, I will say narrowly uh, like a 51 49 wallace but yeah, I, I I'm thinking about fifty two forty eight. It's like right around there. I you know, I I, I think it helps that Smearcheck's not running as much of a campaign as he was running last time. All right, state senate. There's only one state senate race to really talk about. There's only really one state senate race in the area, but it's a big one. Uh, it's two incumbents against each other. It's the sixty first. It's Sean Ryan versus Ed Rath. We've got two. I don't want to say titans, but we definitely have two. You know, this isn't. These this isn't small potatoes. These are experienced political actors. Um, you know, on the one hand, you have Sean Ryan, who I mean, he's been out there, man. He's been putting himself out there in the community. Um, we had him on the show. We love him. He's very funny, nice guy. Uh, he can hoop. He can play some basketball, or maybe he can't. But we need to teach him. Either way, Sean Ryan. He is, uh, you know, a, a political powerhouse in the area. Um, flip side of it, Ed Rath, like, dude comes from a pretty established political family, uh, no slouch himself in terms of, 
you know, being a political actor, uh, looks like he's got the thousand yard stare all the time. I think there's just, you know, nothing going on between the ears, but at the same time, like he has been pretty well entrenched. Um, this is a tough one. This is really tough. Well, I mean, I, I am leaning that, uh, that Sean Ryan's going to win, um, fairly easily. I mean, I, he's not going to win like 60, 40, like, but maybe like 54, 46, or maybe 55, 45. And part of the reason why is because the, the problem for Ed Rath is that he is a, this entrenched political family. And like, you know, the fucking Rath building is named after like his like grandfather because he is not a MAGA Republican. So he doesn't excite the current Republican base the way that he needs to to fight off a, a major opponent like uh, like a Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan does generally excite the Democratic base. You know, I mean, he notably, you know, was one of the few elected officials who did endorse India Walton last year after she won the Democratic primary. You know, he and and Sean, he had more money. He outraised Ed Rath coming into this. You know, Ed Rath is is doing TV commercials, and his TV commercials are basically Sean Ryan is a terrible fucking person. Mm-hmm. Sean Ryan is doing TV commercials, and as opposed to saying Ed Rath is a terrible person, he's basically saying Sean Ryan is a good person. Well, if you do attack ads, it's my like what I've learned and what I, my understanding is you have to be able to do them. You have to follow up with also doing pro ads. And there are some like Ed Rath is a good person ads. Right. But you have to balance it like that your name is being said as much as theirs and that they're doing attack ads against you. And Sean Ryan is doing, there aren't, it's not that there's zero, but there's very much less attack ads about against Ed Rath. So Sean Ryan's name is being said a lot more. He has more money. Uh, the inv- the enrollment advantage it leans Democrat, and the major ad was a ton of Amherst, which, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that would have been a big boon for the Republican. But Amherst is trending, much like West Seneca, which used to be strongly Democrat, is trending Republican. In the North Towns, Tonawanda and Amherst, which used to be the strongholds for the Republican Party, are trending Democrat now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that is not the advantage that Ed Rath wants. And then, you know, when you add to it that, like, yes, like, you know, he does have the thousand-yard stare. <laughs> and, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, and he's as... Maybe he went into Kmart to buy uh, right, yeah, pants. Yeah, yeah. surprised by all the spooky things. Right, it's, I mean, he's as charismatic as a bag of ramen. <laughs> well, and, and so I, I'm with you. I mean, I think that Sean Ryan is going to win. Um, I think it would be a little closer than what you might have it at, but I think it's, it will be convincing victory for, uh, for Sean Ryan. And by the way, I, you know, I can't help but think Jim, as we're talking about likely democratic victories, whether it's, uh, Melissa Hartman or, um, you know, Sean Ryan, uh, over at Rath here, uh, this is like less than a month into new, uh, County Erie County Republican chair, Mike Crocker's term. And he's just going to like inherit these L's. Probably, yeah. You know, uh, this is not a great start to, again, not really his doing directly, but he's been working in the Republican Party. It's not like he hasn't been in the party infrastructure. So they elevated him, I think, with the hopes that, you know, maybe he could have some kind of, uh, 
uh, influence or sway it, over it, these elections. They elevated him. His, his entire focus, he doesn't give a shit about 2022. It is beat Mark Poland cars. That is the, why he is chairman. And if he doesn't beat Mark Poland cars next year, he might not be chairman the year after. Yeah. So oh, the other thing I want to say real quick about Ed Rath is I mentioned that one of his staff members is running against Karen McMahon, and it's hurting both those campaigns because they're kind of distracted. They're a little distracted. Like they, they, like they don't expect that his staff member is going to beat Karen McMahon, but they don't want to just like give her a free pass. So they're like, they're diverting some of their resources. Like as soon as Ed decided that he was going to run against Sean Ryan, I know they put his staff member up as like, just as a placeholder to run against Kendrick McMahon, and they figured somebody else would run, mm-hmm. and then nobody else wanted to do it. I know the Republican Party never wants to just like say we're not going to challenge every Democrat and just like give them a free run. They should have just given Kendrick McMahon a free run and put all of Ed's resources behind him. Instead, they split a little bit, and you know, I I don't know that it'd be enough to have changed the outcome. I don't know what the outcome is. I'm not a time traveler. Uh, but uh, I don't. I, I can tell you right now that it certainly didn't help. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about uh, uh, re- more regional state supreme court judge judge judge. So um, it's mostly uh, cross endorsed, except you've got Sharon Hennigan, mm-hmm. uh, the Democrat, versus uh, County Legislator Joe Larigo on the Republican line. I think. The way you should do it. The the funniest way to do this is vote for Joe Larigo and Sharon Hennigan. Don't ver- vote for Jerry Greenan and might watch him lose again. Because <laughs> um, I, I, Greenan and Larigo were both rated by the Bar Association as not qualified. Whoops. Uh, but Greenan is cross-endorsed. I will say it's so it's what's been very interesting is just like before the Republican primary for the congressional race with Langworthy and Palladino, Again, partly because of my job and where my family has property, I've been in the Southern Tier a lot, which is part of Western New York's 8th Judicial District for the State Supreme Court. I see a lot of Zeldin signs out there. I see a lot of Langworthy signs out there when I'm in the Southern Tier. Uh, I don't see any Joe Pinion signs, but uh, <laughs> I see some Joe Larigo signs. I see a lot more Sharon Hannigan signs down there. All right, and like you're like, if there is a Max Delapia sign or a Hokel sign, there is always a Sharon Hennigan sign there. If there's a Zeldin sign there, maybe there's a Langworthy sign. If there's a Langworthy sign, maybe there's a Zeldin sign. But if there's one of those two signs, it is very rare. There's also a Joe Larigo sign. Yep. Well, I don't know this this system of prognostication seems to work, right? Well, I mean, the Langworthy ray, the primary. Right, I mean, and, and, and the, you to that conclusion. And it, it's, I, I also spent some time in, in Niagara and Orleans County, yeah. again in the 8th, and I'm seeing similar things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you want to know who's going to win? Drive down Route 60. Right. Well, I mean, I, I mean I'm, not, I'm, like, I'm not saying that like, just because, like, in these Republican strongholds, like Orleans County, that I'm seeing more Hennigan signs than Larigo signs, that, that, like, that means that she's going to carry Orleans County. I don't think that's the case. But what it's saying is that there's not this... Like well of support, and there's certainly not a strong motivation to go out and support Joe Larigo in these outlying counties. 
I mean, it, it comes down to like discipline, right? Like the Democrats on this one, on this race in particular, seem to be a lot more disciplined mm-hmm. working together. It's, hey, let's get Hochul in. You know, like if you're going to have the Hochul sign, you're going to have the Hennigan sign. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more organization on this. Whereas with this race with Larigo, it seems a little looser. Yeah. You know, it's it seems like they're not really working together to push, which it's crazy to me that they're not because that is a big seat, that state Supreme Court seat. Like yeah. that. Yeah. That that is a huge get for the Republicans. Well, this is where, like, you know, Ray, you're usually the conspiracy guy. Oh yeah. I wonder if the Republicans are sandbagging on Joe Larigo because they want to take over the county legislature next year, and they need that Larigo seat in West Seneca to be a safe Republican seat. And if he's not there, it isn't. Oh yeah. And this and so stuff. so if they, if they're not. Supporting him as strong as they could be because he's more useful to them in the county legislature at this time than he would be as clipping his wings. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I'm here. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. That sounds extremely plausible. And, uh, and, and and, and if he was running for County court judge, you know, former chair Carl Smith or whatever would have put all of his eggs and like, like done everything he can to support Joe Larigo. But since it's the 8th district and it's eight counties or whatever, and you have, like, it's, it takes more coordination from, say, like, the state level. And I don't know if anybody noticed, but the state Republican chair is a little busy. He's got something. Go- <laughs> he's got stuff going on. He's a busy guy. Right. So he would be, you know, kind of pawning this off on somebody else and said, hey, you know, like, I'm not saying to lose, but, you know, it's kind of like St. Augustine's Confessions, where it was like, please, God, save me from the terrible person I am. But if you've got something else that's more pressing, take care of that first. (laughs) Get to it when you get to it. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, Like, all I'm doing is drinking and drugs and whoring around, and I want to stop. But I'll do it for a while if you've got other things going on. <laughs> yes, I think this is going to be uh, Hennigan's to lose. Yeah. Uh, 23rd Congressional District. Uh, your boy, Nick Langworthy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus Max Delapia. Mm. <sighs> Max Delapia. Well, I, nice enough guy. Well, look, it's, it is like the safest Republican district in all of New York State. And. The current Republican chair is mobilizing all of the forces to support him to, to, to win. I think Max Delapia is going to do better than a generic Democrat. He seems to be doing a, a pretty good campaign. He did better than a generic Democrat in the special. Uh, I think he's. I think he is going to do like like I said, like better than like just a random person off the street. It would it would be the single biggest upset on election night in all of the United States. If Langworthy lost that yes, seat. Yes, it would. Yeah, it would be an outrageous upset. Yeah. Um, I mean, Max Delpia, you know, good soldier here mm-hmm. running in that race, yeah. running in the special. And, yeah. you know, th- that's the kind of thing that down the line, I'm sure, will set him up for something else within the party. But with this one, I mean, right. it's... If if Langworthy lost, how, how hard will you laugh on election night if it's called then? Oh, my God. <laughs> would you laugh... Say, would you laugh so hard you'd split your sweatpants? <laughs> I certainly would. 
I, I would, yes. I it, I would laugh so hard. It would be like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where like where like the, the the lackeys laugh so hard they actually die, and like you see like their ghost yeah, spirit. Like really? yeah, yeah. Wow. That that'd be a way to go. Right? Yeah, I think it'd be like that episode of South Park where Cartman like saw the funniest thing that he ever saw, and he can't <laughs> laugh anymore. Yeah. That would be me yeah. watching Nick Langworthy lose <laughs> right. to Max Delapia. Oh my god! But it's not happening. Yeah. But what would be even funnier yeah. is if in the 26th district, the, if Brian Higgins lost to Steven Sams. <laughs> yes. Now that oh. now that would be the funniest thing right. to happen. Uh, that's not going to. His top would fly off. <laughs> Come right off. Uh, Steven Sams, who we willed his political billboard into being. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah, I guess we did. He Why probably you, listened to the show and was like, that's a good can, idea. Can you explain this? Just go back and explain. So, so yeah. well, we had uh, Jen Oran and we yeah. talked about political billboards. And she's like, can you even do that? And I was like, yeah, of course you can. You can do anything. And then, and, and then no less than like a week later, Stephen Sams has a billboard uh, on the 190 yeah. touting, you know, like, like people, not politics or some oh, bullshit line, right, like sure. some nonsense yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, I was driving down the 190. I, I I was like, what the son of... I can't believe this is actually happening. <laughs> uh, uh, we, lo- we, love to, we love to see it. Yeah, so so Stephen Sams the second. Yeah. Running against yeah. Brian Higgins, first right, of his so, name. So we're going Higgins on this. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Higgins is good. He's, he's an institution at this point. Well, I mean, Higgins is a, 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 a good, like, well-known Republican. Yeah. Uh, and Rath. Would be get trounced by Higgins in this district. Right, right. Nobody, Stephen Sams. <laughs> That's why they don't put up good Republicans in that district. You right? Know, like they 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 try they they tried with uh what's her name the uh, the former Nancy Naples Nancy Naples county controller the first time, and then basically since then they're like nah fuck it, yeah not not worth uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Like we'll run somebody just so we can say that we had somebody run. We'll put up a soup can, right? You know, whatever. So, but yeah. Brian Higgins in our route. So, all right, we've got we've got just statewide races left. I don't know if anybody knows, but there's an attorney general's race this year. Say oh, what? Yeah. Right. Uh, speaking of soup cans, I don't even. Uh, I pay attention to politics like crazy. <laughs> I have no idea what the name of the Republican is running against <laughs> Tish James. Horace Romance. Or yeah, could be. <laughs> Uh, just a bunch of question marks. That's that's, that, that's their name. This is what uh, this is actually what they're making Carl Simmons do as penance for his like <laughs> failure of a of chairmanship in Erie County. Uh-huh. Uh, so Tish James by a million. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, state controller Tom DiNapoli. He's also running now. Here's the thing: Tish James is running. She's not even like putting up like yard signs anywhere. Like she's just like whatever. I'm gonna crush this person. The right, right. has so much fucking money and or was also so paranoid that there are Denapoli yard signs and TV commercials. Yeah, mm-hmm. even though he also is gonna win by a zillion points. Yes. Yeah. And who, who's who's his opponent? Uh, it's also Carl Smith. Oh. He's got to run both races. For He's it. a busy guy. Carl. Oh right. wow! United States Senator. Oh. Here we go. Charles Chuck Schumer. Yeah, Charles Chuck Entertainment Cheese right. Schumer is running, uh, and he is running against Joe Pinion. 
Oh, yeah. That's a real name. That is not like the backup, like, defensive backs for the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Joe Pinion is actual real person's name. Just like an auto-generated name. Like <laughs> right. Those, yeah, it sounds like a sl- car part. Yeah. Sleeve McDykel. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe Pinion running, running for Senate. And uh, he, he has a very aggressive Twitter uh personality oh uh, aggressive how uh, oh they're like a that he's gonna win oh and b that like chuck schumer like hates america and is trying to like yeah. like groom your children oh, to be all, to also hate americans yeah mm-hmm. he's one of those huh okay. um so uh, joe pinion uh notably the one of the few uh black republicans to ever be endorsed statewide in new york state he also i, I believe had some issues with carl okay but um, yeah, he's actually going to get you know obviously obliterated uh, by Chuck Schumer. It should be like a sixty-three thirty-seven yeah. type of race. Uh, actually, wouldn't be surprised if it was worse than that. But we'll, we'll say sixty-three thirty-seven. Yeah. Just, like, if 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 you've been in elected office for almost fifty years, like Chuck Schumer is, there are even some members of your own family, your own party that that hate you. Um, and so like, he, like he's not going to like absolutely like do the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but there's a governor's race this year. Oh yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Are we talking the legend of Zelda? We are. Uh, yeah. We got to get the Zelda musical. Yeah. Right. Zelda oh, funky okay. homo sapien. All right. Uh, legend of Zelda versus, uh, Hamburg's own Kathy Hochul. Kathy. That's. Governor Hochul to you. Governor Hochul. Governor Hochul, yes. So this race, I predict this is the bellwether for Democrats. Now, hear me out. You might be thinking, what does this one governor's race in New York that's probably going to be won by the Democrats, uh, what is it, you know, what, what, what repercussions does it have on the whole? But if Kathy Hochul does not have a big showing here um, against an opponent that you know, Zeldin is not the MAGA stripe. You know, he's like the he he's like the model of of conservative that uh, I think a lot of people were pining for when Donald Trump was running rampant. And we had all the fucking crazies when Nancy Pelosi said, "You know, we wish for a more uh, we wish for better opposition." I think Lee Zeldin is exactly the kind of person they had in mind. That being said, I mean, Lee Zeldin's still saying all the same batshit stuff, so he's just a little less, you know, he has a little bit more couth to him, yeah. as they say. It, if, if if Donald Trump fell off the face of the earth tomorrow, Zeldin would go back to saying Jeb Bush things. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So Zeldin is not some, you know, red meat foaming at the mouth conservative. However, he has been trotting the party line of crime, inflation, this is Joe Biden and Kathy Hochul's America. On the other side of it, Kathy Hochul has been you now pounding the drum pretty hard, as she should, that Lee Zeldin is going to take away your reproductive rights if you're a woman in New York State. That we're going to turn the clock back 50 years. The Supreme Court has already done it, and Lee Zeldin will do it here in New York State. Um, I mean, this is like, this is the Democratic Party writ large throughout the country. Which narrative is going to win? Is it going to be inflation and, you know, Joe Brandon has, you know, taken money out of your pockets in our downward spiral of an economy? 
or is it the Republicans are very dangerous and they're going to take away your rights they already have and they're going to continue to do so. Kathy Hochul herself, not... not I, I want to tread the line carefully because she is our first woman governor. That is inspiring. But her as a political candidate, I mean, she doesn't have... She's no, like, Obama. You know, she doesn't have, like, the soaring rhetoric. She's kind of doofy. She's kind of silly. Um... You know, she pretty much is Andrew Cuomo's whole deal, just of a of a different gender. Um, very friendly with the business community. Um, you know, she's not again. She's not some aspirational Democrat. So it's tough because I think this could end up being closer for her than, frankly, a lot of people in New York might be comfortable with. Because I do think that I don't know. Maybe I'm being a cynic here, Jim, but I. I Ah, I want to believe Buffalo Troll is of the opinion we are blue wave is coming. He's saying, hey, okay, okay. he's saying, hey, yeah, I noticed that. Look at the numbers. This is it's creeping up on us. I don't know if I'm there yet. I can't. Is, what does he mean? Statewide or national? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. All right. Both. I, I, I think she, I think she wins in a walk. I think that's my sense. I, I, but I, I don't know nothing about politics. I, 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 I think I, I think she still underperforms a generic Democrat. For the governor's race, uh, I think I think if it's closer than ten percent, what people will be talking about in the days afterwards is she had like so much, like an insane amount of fucking money, over thirty million dollars in a campaign account, and we'll look at how much she actually spent. But why didn't she like zero it out? Like why didn't like she spent like obliterate? But one of the other things is I th- I still think she wins in a walk. I think she wins by greater than fifteen percent. And I think what's going to happen is because, like, you had that Quinnipiac poll that said it was close, and you had that that bullshit poll that said that actually Zeldin's winning in, in New York State. I think what's going to happen that, that might lean into, like, Buffalo Trolls is that I think that actually did distract some of the national donors who then they sunk money into the Lee Zeldin campaign in New York in a, in a losing effort where they should have known it was a losing effort, but they got sold the, the snake oil that he was actually going to be able to pull it out and maybe the Democrats are able to pull it out in Oregon then, or pull it out in Nevada. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not holding any hopes out for the governor's race in like Texas or Alabama, or, or uh, Georgia, but maybe Herschel Walker loses the Senate race because instead of pumping an extra hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars into that Senate race, they bought into Lee Zeldin has a chance to win New York, and. That will be interesting to me to see the big pack money that comes like after the election, and we can see where they actually spent it. Who's who dumped a bunch of money into New York in the last couple of weeks, trying to help Lee Zeldin, and uh, no way he was going to win that race. Right. Interesting to me. I know, uh, I know, I know. We all hate Nate Silver, but five thirty eight still does it better than everybody else. And Nate Silver, for also by five, as far as five thirty eight, as far as I can tell, he doesn't write anything for them anymore. He doesn't do any of the work anymore. He just has his name on it. He's basically like Prince Philip of five thirty eight. They have other people doing the work. They have Hochul winning in like over ninety seven percent of their iterations. Like they have it as a very safe Democratic seat. Yeah, I I, I do think so. And again. To me, this is kind of the bellwether, even if we're talking like a safe Democratic governorship. Um, it's going to be if if the Republican narrative of inflation and, you know, crime um, has any legs, any traction, I think that it will be.
be Lee Zeldin. He's certainly not going to win, but may come closer with this than, you know, is comfortable. But I, truth be told, I don't think the inflation and crime stuff is really sticking with people. I, I it, it doesn't feel like it has, I'm, people are concerned about inflation, you know, even though nobody knows what the fuck it is. They just think the price of stuff's going up. So, oh, that's inflation um, because we're all idiots with very little financial literacy. Um, but also the crime stuff, it's like, you see it on TV all the time and yet our communities are, like crime is, as we've talked on the show and you've probably seen everywhere else, we're historically safe. Like America is at a time, historically low crime rates. So even if you have like this broad malaise about crime and you watch too much law and order and, or Jeffrey Dahmer documentaries and you feel like crime is out there and the serial killers are out there to get you, um, you're not actually experiencing crime on a day to day. Like you're not like, especially, you know, if you like a, relatively middle-class white person right you're not fucking experiencing well and, and, the, and the numbers better like you know during the pandemic though like 2020 2021 crime did tick up a, a bit across the united states but you know, it's down across the united states again in general it's down in new york state in particular and it's crazy like that's where like people don't pay attention like you know people in the united states are like oh well joe biden's in charge of infl- is, is the reason why inflation and then people are like inside new york state are like with uh, people who say they think that about biden aren't viewing the fact that inflation is up worldwide, right? They're not looking at other countries. And then people who are like concerned about crime in New York state are like, well, bail reform and crime in New York state. And you're like, Hey, did you check out the other 49 states and how crime was going on in there where they didn't have bail reform? You fucking doofus. (laughs) So what you're saying is not bail reform per se. That's not bail reform at all. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Oh, you didn't have to yell it. But uh, yeah, Kathy Hochul uh, wins. Yeah, Kat, um, Kat, Kathy Hochul wins. And if you're going to vote for Kathy Hochul, uh, vote for her on the Working Families line. Yep. Yes. Because uh, that is how that line sticks around. WFP. Yep. Uh, and if you're going to vote for Lee Zeldin, first, election day is November 30th. <laughs> uh, and second, uh, don't vote for him on the conservative line. We want the conservative line to disappear. Yeah. Yes. So actually, uh, uh, actually, election year this uh, election day this year, surprisingly, November thirty second. It's a so totally twenty twenty three weird once in a hundred year event. Weird, weird, weird yeah. day for yeah. for the Republican elections. Right, weird. Well, I think that's all the elections that are worth uh, mentioning. I, mm-hmm. I got two things before we wrap up. I want to wish my uh, my very special wife. Aside from all my other ways, this is my very special. Wife. Right, most special, most special. Right, a happy birthday. Yeah, she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. If you see her, uh, wish her a happy belated birthday because it'll be after this comes right. comes out. So, and then the second thing, I hear you had a successful rugby season. Ray. I was about to mention that myself. Yes, yes. Shout out to South Buffalo Rugby, the D four Empire GU uh, champion, state champs. We, we played the Rockaway Fishheads Rugby Club. They came to us from New York City, and they got on the vans, uh, tails between their legs, after we beat the shit out of yeah. them. It was awesome. <laughs> so, any, any truth to the rumor that you guys had an ineligible player and that uh, <laughs> Section 6 is going to take your title away? <sighs> you know? Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, the man keeping all the good, good people down. But no, everybody's eligible, baby. We won it. Um, we are moving on to the... Uh, 
Mid-Atlantic Super Regional in Richmond, Virginia in April. So, yeah, very exciting stuff. Uh, championship season, undefeated, 6-0 and in the regular season. It's pretty good. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So my body is on fire. I <laughs> want to die right now. Um, but I'm here, baby. I We do it for the, the content, Semper content. Uh, we do it for you. If there are any good uh, masseuses out there, you know. Hit re up on Twitter, please. Yeah, or just uh, you know, mm-hmm. deep just slide into the DMs. Right, deep tissue. Show up to the Christmas party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Um, but thanks for joining us, guys. This week at the Square, you can follow us on all the social media at the Square Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, again, we're gonna say it again: the Christmas party. Buy the tickets because it's gonna be a hell of a good time, and, and you'll be helping out West Side Bazaar. Yeah. You'll be helping out all the people that you like, right, you know, right. and you'll see all the people that you like to see and you'll get all the good scoops and it, political gossip. It's going to be the thing to do that weekend. It yeah. is the thing to do. And you're going to be in Allentown. You, you know, you want to be with all the cool, sexy people mm-hmm. on Allen. I, that's where you want to be. That's right. where I want to be. That's right. Right. You can hang out with us at Days Park. And then as we talk about in the worst of Buffalo, go to the worst place in the city, Mulligan's Brick Bar, right down the street. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, we didn't. T- oh, man. We got to talk about that next Not week. For sale. Yeah. We got to talk about yeah. that next okay. week. We got to do a deep dive. Put her right. on the whiteboard. Right. If, if enough people come to the Christmas party, we'll buy Brick Bar. <laughs> you hear that, folks? Um, <laughs> we can change, change it to uh, Sweatpants uh, sweat Snakes Brick Bar. <laughs> no, the, the old Sweatpants Snakes. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll have not steak sandwiches, maybe a, a, a bananas foster or something. <laughs> right, yeah, that'd be our specialty. <laughs> All, right. All right, well, till next time. Great t- junk food. Till next time, guys. All right, try to do better.